Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Hooper's Lab podcast, the podcast where we talk all things basketball. This is our very first episode. I'm joined here by my co-host, Riley. Hello, hello. How are you doing today, Riley? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Excited for the first episode of hopefully a journey that we're going to go on with this podcast and see how it goes. Uh, for this very first episode, we're going to be doing our award predictions, so MVP, Rookie of the Year, stuff like that. But we've also added in our own awards that you'll see later on. You know, it's just some fun awards to mix things up, you know, because it can get kind of repetitive with the same awards. And most of these awards, you already know who's going to win, I feel like. Would you agree with that? For the main awards? For the main yes. awards, like MVP, Rookie yeah. of the Year, I feel yeah, like most like, of well, them. Like, there's only like two to three candidates for most of them so like really exactly candidates. yeah and most of them you already know who's gonna win so shall we start with the main awards first shall we start with uh what do you want to start with which award would you like to begin with well we could start off with the easy one rookie of the year rookie of the year yeah that, that's easy um you uh, Zion. Yeah, it's, jo- no, <laughs> it's jo it's jo Morant. um if if zion would have played more games or like even just like half the season if he would have had the same statistics and he would have yeah if he if he was playing the way he was and he played more games uh i think he easily could have won it but that's just not the case so that's yeah why I, um just... you gotta give props to john morant though this team was expected what like 25 wins going we into the season and for a rookie point guard, like, I was going back and, like, it's very rare for a rookie point guard to lead his team into the playoffs year one. So, you know, that's kind of cool. He did pretty good. He had a very impressive season, and he is one of the main point guards of the future, and he's going to be a beast. Zion's going to be a beast. They're both going to be the top NBA players, in my opinion, in the future. Yeah, and, like, the Rookie of the Year award, you shouldn't really take too seriously because everyone was debating a couple years ago about the Ben Simmons and Donovan Mitchell race. But, like, when you look back at players' career, Rookie of the Year, you just don't really look at that much. You just don't really care about. And it doesn't always mean that the best player, like, I'm pretty sure Michael Carter Williams, yeah, he did win. um, Yeah, he he won one. Yeah, and look at where his career is now, you know. He's playing with the Magic, and he's not playing very much. So, you know, it just goes to show. Um yeah, people are trying to say that Zion can just because of how impressive he was, but I think it's easily Jaw. Easily. Like, maybe you could make a case for Zion if they were actually counting the bubble games, but... But they're not, because... Yeah. I don't think Sham, it's even in. Yeah, Sham said that's going to be... He reported that it's everything before March 11th, which was the cutoff. So, I mean, I like that, because this... I, I didn't want the bubble games and stuff to count anyways, because it's... Yeah. Just, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't sense. really feel a part of the season. No, it doesn't. Because um, this is a completely new realm we've kind of entered with the NBA. Exactly. Resume. Like, it's so separated that, yeah. But what were you going to say? Um, would you say Zion is, like, the solid, uh, like, second player in the Rookie of the Year race? Um, I'd say he's the second just because of his name and how much hype he's generated. I'd say that they yeah. put him in the race, but he doesn't win it. Um, some other guys in there. I mean, Kendrick Nunn is probably Nunn. one of the main candidates. In fact, who? Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, there's now there's there's some good rookies this year. But shall we move on to defensive player of the year? We'll move on to because defensive I think we we differ on this one because I have Giannis as the defensive player of the year, and I'm pretty sure. Who do you have? 
You have Davis. Right? I I have Giannis. I th- now okay, okay. listen. I yeah. think Davis. I think Davis like should be the defensive player of the year, mm-hmm. but I want Giannis to win defensive player of the year more because if Giannis does go MVP, Depoy, and Finals MVP, mm-hmm. that would be insane. Yeah, the only other player to do that was Hakeem, and like that's Hakeem. known as like one of the best seasons ever. So if Giannis did pull that off, and like. People are debating if this championship is harder or easier. I think it's way more difficult to win this year. So to put that on top of already an MVP, which we'll talk about later, already a defensive player of the year, which I think he'll also win. And if you put a finals MVP on top of that, like that's already a legendary it is status. And that easily cements Giannis as the best player in the league right now. Yeah. Um, he's just such a versatile defender. He's the, he's the best defender on, I mean, he's on the best defense in the league. You know, he's, helped with that, helped with their defense a lot. Even though they're already a good defensive team, he's really helped with that. And exactly. just his versatility on defense, like, he's scary to guard on the perimeter. He can guard the paint. Like, he is just such a versatile defender. Probably the most versatile defender in the league, would you say? Probably he's up there for sure. As of right now, yeah. Is, but is he the best and defender I would in the like... league? And you can make an argument, but I'd I don't say, know if he's the best. Like... It's it's close. I think Kawhi is definitely close with them. I think that they're evenly matched. But I mean, yeah, I have also Giannis for Defensive Player of the Year. And I guess on that note, we should move on to MVP, who is also Giannis. Uh, I'm guessing yes. this is Giannis too, right? Yeah. I see no yeah. debate for LeBron winning MVP. Like, I understand you can make a case for him, but I don't think it, it should even be... Uh, I don't think it's close. ...an argument. Yeah. No. Another thing, too, is, like, the only thing you could, like, use for LeBron's MVP case over Giannis is just the story, just because of, you know, how he's 30, what is he, 35, 36? 30. And how yeah, he's... 35, year 17. Year 17, he's still doing this, and just but where like, he was last year, and then where he is this year, like, with the team, because, like, last year everyone was hating on LeBron, hating on that Lakers team when they missed the playoffs, but now... That Does everybody else are going to be good. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, oh, I had something in mind. I don't remember what I was going to say. I That's mean, it. Giannis also. People are underrating Giannis's MVP year, which is just stupid. He literally improved from his last MVP year. He won MVP last year. He improved. He improved his – he's gained a mid-range game more. He's getting more comfortable from three. And he's yeah, been he's the most dominant player this year, I'd say. He's been the most dominant he's player. He's easily been dominated. Dom, dom, dominated. He's easily been dominant this year. Uh, been, over yeah. LeBron, yeah. Because yeah, not, like the, the the differences between the Lakers and the Bucks is that, like, obviously the Bucks have Middleton, but Middleton as a sidekick isn't Anthony Davis level of a sidekick. Exactly, and I'm pretty sure Davis is putting up more points, rebounds, and blocks than LeBron, which. I mean, he already has Anthony Davis, which hurts his MVP case, but people aren't really taking that into consideration at all, I feel like. No, they're not. And, yeah. The thing about Giannis's MVP year, I mean, I've said before, like, he's averaging 30 in 30 minutes, basically, which is just, like, insane, insane how he's like, doing. Like, his efficiency in that low minutes is just crazy. And, well, the thing is, Budenhoser, I think it was Budenhoser, he said that even if Giannis wasn't, like, even if they did play Giannis, like, five, eight more minutes, it wouldn't be the most, like, 
effective thing in the world because he goes like he's the hardest working player on the court. Like he's giving it a hundred percent every play of the game. And That's another thing I like about Giannis too. And it's not like he's it's not like he's out of shape. He just plays so hard that he's literally tiring himself out. The, the first three quarters and he doesn't need to play the fourth. Because I had told you that statistic that he ranks like hundred and eighteenth in minutes played in the fourth quarter. hundred and eighteenth and he's the MVP. Exactly. He plays like seven and a half minutes in the fourth quarter, which is like insane. How many minutes? I mean, that's also because that's like, like thirty-seven. How many? I'm gonna check that up right now, but I'm pretty sure it's like a high because he's always on the court. It feels like he averages thirty-five minutes a game. Well, thirty-four point nine. So like five minutes. Like he's not on the court. It's like it's kind of noticeable for the Lakers. No, it is, and that's been their main problem. Is just when LeBron's off the court, their team has been significantly worse. Because their bench in terms of their offense. I mean, they just don't have that facilitator that can really run the offense like LeBron. I mean, you'd like, think Rondo would be able to, would... but he's been trash this year. Exactly. But another thing for Giannis's MVP year is that not a lot of people are talking about. He has had a lot of fails this season. Like, a lot, a lot of, of shack and fool moments. Like, he's had oh, lots yeah. of missed open layups, airballed free throws. Like, that is very true, actually. He has had a lot of those moments for the MVP, which I just think is funny. But Ripping I mean, his jersey. Griffin, his jersey, I forgot about that. Was that was this year, right? That was this year, yeah. And then when he did the crown thing when they were playing against the Lakers and he hit that yeah. shot, that was funny. Um, I guess we should move on to six man of the year. This one should be pretty easy. This award doesn't really get like, you know, it's just the six man. It's not it's really a big name. People don't pay attention to this. Um, I'm actually curious to see who you have. So I'll let you go first. Oh, I was kind of hoping you were going to go first. <laughs> oh, do you want me to go first? Yeah. I got Dennis Schroeder. Oh, yeah. I was gonna say, for, I was gonna, gonna say, say Derek Rose. Oh, Derek Rose. You were gonna say Derek Rose. I kind of, okay. Yeah. I kind of forgot about the sixth man of the year. So you uh, just said, "Oh, Derek Rose." Yeah, pretty much. I just kind of like Derek Rose was the first person that came to my head, but no, uh, I definitely agree with you on Schroeder. He has been, he has been a baller this season. They have that three-guard system in OKC, yeah. that three-headed monster with Shea, Chris Paul, and Dan Schroeder. I like it. It's been working to perfection with them. I, I really and, like it. Yeah, it's been doing really good. But you look at Schroeder, I mean, he's had the best uh, percentages of his whole career. Like, he's just been very efficient, averaging 19 points and four assists. And he just brings that plug off the bench. He also just contributes to that Thunder story. And I feel like with the Clippers, I feel like the only other two candidates are Lou Will, which, I mean, there's voter fatigue, and he's had kind of a down year compared to others. Montrez is the other player that's probably second for me. Montrez is probably second for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, like, the way you have to play. The problem with Montrez is just the way you have to play him. Like, it works well, but... He just goes in those little, like, spurts, you know, like... There's, like, seven minutes. There's a couple minutes, minutes hard, but the stamina is so bad, which is why a yeah. starting center, like... That's why I don't know he's if he leaves be and becomes a starting center. Yeah. Exactly. Like, if he goes to the Hornets, he's not going to be able to play... Like, I'm going to check how many minutes a game he plays right now, but... Like, there's advanced statistics that I've seen that, like, shows how bad he is once the game goes on more and more. Like, he plays 28 minutes a game. Like, can you play him... For like starting center minutes, like 32, 33, like you can't. Like, I don't think he can. But that's been the main problem with them. Last Um, year, he played 26 minutes. I don't know what he played this year because 
you know, start today is broken. I was going to play 28 K, minutes. But, I'm looking at yeah. a basketball reference right now. I have it pulled up. Yeah, he played 28 minutes a game, averaged 19 points. So, but I just like the story of Schroeder better. And just, I, I, I think giving him the respect other than another Clippers player, I just feel like Schroeder has earned it. I think Schroeder, yeah, no, Schroeder easily has earned it. And they're, and they're, it's not even like they're a bad team. Like they've been balling all three of, all three of them. Exactly. And the role that Schroeder has played, because, like, he was on the Hawks and he was their starting point guard for a bit. And, like, he was putting up, like, good numbers, but, like, it was, like, inefficient and he was just on a bad yeah. team. He was just, yeah. like, putting up, you know. But now he's putting up those same numbers when it actually, like, matters and he's playing in the clutch. He's playing, you know. Yeah, he hit that shot. He hit that, uh, like, that shot off that full court pass from Steven Adams. Yes, I was just going to talk about that, that full-court pass. They were playing the Timberwolves, I'm pretty sure. I think and it was, yeah. It was the Timberwolves, yeah. I don't know what the Timberwolves were. Is that the same game with Chris Paul where he snitched? Is that the same game? Um, Remember that happened? And Yeah. He was, yeah, I think it was, it was against Melo, wasn't it? Oh, never mind. It might not have been the Timberwolves then. That might be separate. But, yeah, when they did the – the Timberwolves defense, I'm pretty sure it was. It was so bad. I'm gonna search that up. They like, gave them their like coverage a, was uh, so floater. bad. They left them wide yeah, open. How are you gonna leave them wide open? Like a floater. It I was literally like, don't know how you like, leave them. Cat just, Cat just hit, scored or something, didn't he? And then Steven Adams got the inbound and chucked that half uh, down the court. And yeah, I don't. Yeah, it was really bad defense. Yeah, it was terrible defense. I was watching it, and I was like, why aren't they covering Schroeder? Like, it's literally like a second left. Like, why are you guys – they were, like, doing, like, a half-court press. Like, why would you do a half-court press when your basket's so far away? Like, they're not going to – a full-court shot. And a, it was against the Timberwolves. The Chris there were a lot of people left the arena. The arena's, like, empty. But yeah, um, most improved player is probably the most debatable of the main awards. I want to see who you Easily. have first. Yeah, because it's between. I got. Yeah. I gotta go with my with my boy Bi. Okay, talk about him a bit. You know what you've um, seen from his improvement because you've been watching more closely because you know he's your favorite player. So you know, I just want to give the floor. Just the way like. I knew like I'm not surprised that he broke out like this because like. Even mm-hmm. towards, like, the beginning of last season, you could mm-hmm. see how, like, after LeBron had been injured and everything, the B.I. kind of, like, took over. And he was playing similar to how he was playing this year. Um, yeah, exactly. He was in that yeah. situation where we yeah, it, was just not, it was just not a great situation with the Lakers last year, which is why I think he was bad. Like, well, not – yeah, he was pretty bad. He was just a bad fit. He's a good player in a bad situation. And after, like, when LeBron came back, they did kind of have their system where they figured out semi how to play together. But even mm-hmm. though, um, you could see definitely tell that the fit wasn't exactly uh, wasn't exactly beautiful. But now that he's able to control the offense, it's and he like as Zion's came back, he has like taken a bit of a step back and let Zion do his thing. Which mm-hmm. I think is well one good on him, but also it's good for the team. Yeah, and so he wants to, you know, let Zion do his thing and get into a rhythm. Yeah, what do you think of their Zion and Ingram's fit together on the court and how that's going to be for the future? Like their how their games fit together and stuff. 
it just I don't know, man. Because like sometimes I, because Ingram can run. Like I think Ingram's a pretty underrated playmaker. Yeah. Um, same. But it just depends on how ball dominant Zion is going to be. Because there are sometimes where Zion wants it in the post, and it's like he doesn't. I don't. Zion to me doesn't have too much of a defined game yet. No, so that's like, the thing. Yeah. It depends if they can figure their things out. Because I think if they run at the pick and roll, that could be pretty lethal. Like, you have Zion on the screen rolling. Yeah. Eventually, he be, could yeah. pop to that. Ingram with the pull-out jumper. Like, their pick and roll. That would be, be a good pick and roll if they got that down pat. Yeah, that would be really good, actually. And, of course, you have Lonzo to facilitate everything. I think, I honestly, the Drew three Holiday of them. Like, on the team, too. As the vet, the leader. The so, vet, yeah. And I it's not like Drew Holiday is a bad player. Like, he's still... No, he's really good. <laughs> one of the most underrated players in the league, yeah. Yeah, in my opinion, he is. But, yeah. I don't have Ingram as the most improved player. Bam. I have Bam out of bio, yeah. I was going back and forth on I it. And I was thinking Bam, and I was like, I'm not sure. I went with Bam just because, like what you said earlier, like you've seen that Ingram can do this if he has the opportunity. The thing about Bam is, like, I feel like – no, like, no one really saw this coming. Like, people knew that he was good. Like, I remember in his first and second year, there was, like, high praise for him, that people watched him closely, how he has good potential. But just how he took his game to the next level, like, now he's a full-time starting center and one of the best starting centers, or I guess power forward, whichever one he plays. It just depends who I you I think ask. he plays power forward. It says on basketball reference he plays power forward. It's really who you ask. Him and Myers Leonard always play together. So It's like, yeah, it's like, yeah. It, he's basically the center. But just defensively, how much he's been shining this season, being one of the best defensive players in the game, just his switchability on the perimeter. And also to go along with his insane athleticism is just like his rim protection too. And also his offensive game in terms of like playmaking, like no one knew that he was going to be like a five assist guy this season. Like he really turned into that playmaker. pretty, Pretty like, obviously not easily, but like, He's been able to do it well. And his ball handling has improved. And I'm pretty sure he won the skills challenge this year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yes, he The did. all-star skills challenge. For that, yeah, but... I'm pretty sure he did. But also, like, coming out of college and, like, in his first couple seasons in the league, like, before this season, people didn't really see him as the – like, they just seen him as, like, a traditional big man. You know, he's an undersized big that's athletic and, you know, gets rebounds you know, and sucks the rim. But he's shown that he's a good lob threat. He's shown that, you know, his playmaking, which really surprised, I think, everyone. And just that improvement there. And another thing is he's he's winning, and he's done it consistently. With Ingram, you said they kind of slowed down when Zion went there. And also, like, the Pelicans aren't in the playoffs right now, and the Heat are. And I just feel like Bam has been more valuable while also being more improved, I feel like, because it really just came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Well, and Whiteside's um, what uh, Whiteside coming off the team really helps for him as well. Whiteside cleared that up a lot, and that works out for the Heat perfectly because Whiteside in Miami, like there were some issues there, there was some drama, and then Bam just stepped up right away, which really helped the success yeah, of the team. Whiteside and uh, Whiteside and Spolstra had their like weird drama thing in the playoffs. And Whiteside, no one more minutes. Yeah, Spolstra was like, yeah. yeah. Also, like the Heat weren't projected to win this many games, and I credit that a lot to Bam because like. The reason that the Heat weren't expected to win many games was because no one ex- expected Bam to be how good he is. This yeah. Season. Well, and I, I, a lot of people were sleeping on the Heat. Like I expected them to be pretty good, but 
I was higher on them than most going into the season. Hmm? I was higher than them on I was higher on them than most coming into the season. Like people said they were gonna be the eight yeah. seed, seven seed. I was like they could be a five seed. Weren't they like the eight seed last year, seven seed? They were the eighth or seventh seed last year, yeah, and people had them projected and that's around why the same I, mark. I was like, what? They they did good last year. Or do you think they're just going to, like, stay the same with – They added Jimmy, Jimmy Butler, and they have a better young guys, yeah. And Bam, like, yeah, and part of the reason they're so good is because of Bam taking off, so, yeah. Exactly. Um, Coach of the year, I have Nick Nurse. I think it's an easy selection. Um, is that who you have, or you have someone else? Uh, not really. I didn't think too much into the coach of the year either. Uh all right. Yeah, it should uh, easily be Nurse because they literally oh, lost Kawhi and they're still the third best team in the league. So they lost a top three player in the league, and they also lost Danny Green, who is just an Danny excellent Green. role player. And they seem to improve from that. And, and also better, yeah. And they've had lots of injuries this season. I'm pretty sure every single player, like significant players, missed a lot of time, or not a lot of time, but they've missed like missed some them. time this season. Pascal had like a big player a and injury. put him in his role, and like Nick knows Nick knows Nick Nurse is coaching. They're able to like they're still able to thrive even with like the lesser known players like uh, Terrence Davis coming up. Mm-hmm. Going to be yeah. Key. OG Nobi having a great year. Um, Powell. Powell Powell's been having a great year as well. Yes. And also, like, just the defensive side of things, too, for Nick Nurse, which doesn't really go unnoticed, like, how they are just so quick on defense, like, how he makes these changes and how he just throws a bunch of things at the defense quickly. Like, he runs a zone, and then he runs a press, and then he, you know, like, he just tries a bunch of stuff, and it works. Like, their defense is a And it works well, yeah. Their, their defense and, is very clear. Yeah, but they had Gasol also miss a huge amount of time, and just Pascal Almost missed some time, and just... Having that depth and that development, and just having players step up like that, like he can get the most out of his players. He knows how like, to. Like, uh, th- here's a story. So, like at the beginning of the season, he was saying how like all their free agency signings, they haven't done anything for oh, them, yeah, yeah. and how they've been doing bad. And then Rondé was one of them, and then he turned into like a, a great small ball five. Like he was yeah. playing the five for them, and he was doing good. And yeah. like he just had a good season as a role player, and they really They're got the fire most out of him. Them. Yeah, Ron exactly. So. Yeah, exactly. So Nick Nurse, I think, should be coach of the year easily. Easily, the, like to lose literally a top three player and still be a top three team in the league. I think that is literally enough to show it how like good of a coach he is. Mm-hmm. Is he the best coach in the league? I mean, I think he's up there. He's I, definitely I up like, there. Yeah. Like a top three coach for sure. I feel like there's no like clear cut number one. I feel like there's just a yeah. bunch of like it's in tiers kind of, you know. Because like we know Pop can still be a great coach. He just doesn't really care as much because like the team isn't like similar to a Pop type of team it's not at all. A pop other team. than no. other than Dejounte Murray. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Shall we move on to our custom awards now? And I'll kind of yes. start us Thursday. off with that. So. I'll start off with the first one. So this award, least improved player, it's kind of like most improved player, but the opposite. We basically are taking a young player from this season who took a step back instead of taking a step forward. And that could be for multiple reasons, but I'll start. The player that I have is Lori Markkinen. That's who I chose for this. Uh, most of that can be accommodated to coaching, coaching, which, I mean, we've we've been talking, we talked about how, you know, we're going to talk about Jim Boylan later on the podcast. Don't worry. 
But you look at his rookie season, like he made the all-rookie all first team. He averaged like 15 points per game. Like he was a baller his first season. Everyone was like, whoa, can Laurie Markman be I, I, Yeah, like Laurie looking good for the Bulls in his first year. He was looking really good for them. Second year, he missed some time with an injury. But once he was playing, he was averaging like 19 points per game. He looked stronger. He was he showing like, more post game. Yeah, that's exactly he got stronger in the post. And then this season, I blame it like basically all on coaching for a lot of it confidence. is uh, Jim Boylan. Yeah. Yeah. Like how just the way they incorporate him basically into just a spot up shooter, not running any plays for him. Like Jim Boylan's just such a clown, man. Like, let's be real. He's Jim a, Boylan, he's if you're watching coach, this, I'm sorry, you but you're bad at your job. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> just, just go like try to find another job, man. Like basketball ain't for you bro be an accountant or something bro maybe you could be better at that i don't know man but <laughs> yeah just like anything yeah. but basketball but just the way they've been incorporating him has not been good really they haven't at all and also just like not I, giving him yeah. touches and just not using him properly because if they use him properly like he could be a really good player but I they're just not using him to his full potential still be a huge part of that team if you know definitely yeah, yeah. Yeah. The young core is there, well, just the coaching, because they were supposed to be like some people said they were going to be like a sneak eight seed this year, ninth seed, like barely outside of the playoffs. But they kind of disappointed some people this season. Most of that is, has to do with coaching. Is due to coaching. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, a lot of the Bulls' problems are due to coaching, management, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you? Who's your players? Are Markin and two, or do you have someone else for this award? My player is Kuzma. All right, I'll give you the floor for Kuzma. I want to hear this. Everybody, like, I am not surprised at Kuzma having a bad year at all. Mm -hmm. I think he, like, Kuzma last year is one of the only people I would, like, consider an overrated player. Mm -hmm. Because everybody talked about him. Like, some people used to talk about him like he was better than Tatum. I don't know how that's that's possible. No. Um, Even better than Ingram, like. You could just, exactly, if you watch basketball, you could see that Ingram had a better skill set and that I'm, he had yeah, more exactly. tools. Kuzma's just like, you look at the stats and you're like, oh, Kuzma's better. But no, that's not. I always knew Ingram was better. And when yeah. they kept Kuzma, like, obviously, I knew the Pelicans didn't want Kuzma, but that was fine. I was like, that's fine because Kuzma can play off ball better with Davis and LeBron because yeah. Ingram is obviously a more ball-dominant player who can create more for the rest of his team, where Kuz is mm-hmm. a better off-ball player. And I was like, that's fine. That'll fit with LeBron well. But yeah. he has not done that well at all Well, at all this season. The one thing no. I remember from – like, I don't remember much from Kuz this season other than yeah, a lot of getting mad at him. <laughs> uh, he had that one really good game when LeBron and AD were on. We People were like, this is what happens when Kuzma yeah. plays without LeBron and AD. He dropped like 40 or something. Yeah, like no, I was when, when, um, it was against, I think, the Raptors. It was early on in the season against the Raptors mm-hmm. when they, I think they lost to them. But um, Kuz hit, like, two back-to-back shots in the clutch, and I was like, okay, Kuz, go do your thing. And then he missed the third one. Or, like, he came down the court, and he took another three, and he missed it. And then they lost, and I was like, well, shit, that sucked, because, like, they were making a perfect comeback, and then they just blew it. No, he also just like in that role, he hasn't really found his rhythm, which is another thing too. And it's like not he just he didn't use that role. 
I mean, he hasn't been able to adjust to it at all. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so that's that. Um, comeback player of the year. I guess we could go with the next one. Um, who do you have for this award? I'm curious to see who you have. Oh yeah, I should explain the reward or the award. Oh yeah. Um, cool. comeback player of the year. Basically, just like a player who was either out of the league last year or just had a really bad year last year, and they had a comeback year. This would be like. Derrick Rose last year, like with his Timberwolves. Yeah. Like last year would be that would be the Derrick Rose winner for that, but not this year because last year was a comeback season. Um, but yeah, who do you have? I have Mello. I and also have Mello. <laughs> I was thinking of going like the, my other my next two options I'd say are Fultz and Hayward. Those were who but I had too, yeah. For me, Mello was basically out of the league and for him to come back the way he did it's it's like great to see and it's just you know Mm. like when he was on the thunder too like that was two years ago he just wasn't good for them either and he wasn't utilized well and then on the rockets that was just like a terrible experiment and then they let him go and then he barely played that last season and then there was question in the off season he was like oh i want someone to sign me man i just want to hoop and then the Trailblazers gave him a chance, and he's been doing really good for them in that. In... Um, uh, all right, uh, so we're back. Um, what happened? I'll just edit it together. I guess the clips only go for half an hour, so I'll have to edit them oh. by settings, but I'll know that for next time. You know, this is the first podcast. This is trial and error, so uh, now we know. The first podcast isn't always going to be legendary and I A-plus quality, so um, sorry about that, boys. Anyways, back to what I was saying. Yeah, Mello just – cut off oh, okay slim mellow i was talking about slim mellow how you know if you look at him like post quarantine like in the bubble like he's all slimmed up and he's ready to go so i'm just excited to see how his game kind of how that affects his game on the court like if you're because you'll be yeah like it'll be interesting to see that actually because mellow i feel like for the most part has been more of like not exactly fundamentals but like i guess like more, I I can't think of the word. Um, I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Really, <laughs> I'm really, really struggling to figure out the word. But he's been more like focused on, I guess, like his game and his like uh, his actual like skill set yeah. rather based off athleticism. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, and also, like, with Whiteside and Nurkic coming back, I'm pretty sure that um, Terry Stott said that Nurkic and Whiteside were going to play together on the court. They were going to start together. And, like, the Trailblazers' wing depth is just terrible right now. Like, Rodney Hood's injured. Like, they literally have no wing depth. Like, Nasir Little might start a small forward for them. You know? And Nasir Little didn't really play good this season. But, I mean, Slim Mello, he needs to step up. If they had Rodney Hood still, it'd be great. Because Rodney Hood was hooping. And he's a great fit for Lillard and uh, McCollum, but yeah, exactly. But it just sucks that they don't have him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hayward and Fultz were also candidates for this award, but I went with Mello. Uh, what award should we talk about next? Sophomore of the year? How about, how about yeah. I say mine quickly, and then you go on with yours, because I know who you have. All right. So, my sophomore of the year, Luca. I mean... Probably is this the best sophomore season in NBA history? Like people are Probably. arguing that it, it could be the MVP candidate. So, so I feel like next year we're not going to have this 
big of a no-brainer for sophomore of the year. But, yeah, it's, it's obviously Luca, um, just averaging, like, 29-9, and nine, making the playoffs, and is a top MVP candidate as a 20-year-old. Like, that's, that's insane. It's insane. And just the way that he jumped from last season to this season. And most people, or lots of people say that he should be a most improved player candidate. But, like, I don't think that sophomore should. So that's why we have this award for sophomore of the year. So uh, you, I know who your player is. You want to go with someone different. So I'll let you have the floor with that. Um, so obviously, the two. Trey and Luke are the main, like, sophomores, right? That's what you're trying to say. Your mic's muted right now. But yeah, most people, they talk about... Can you hear me? You were cutting out. Wait, can you hear me now, though? I can hear you now, yeah. Okay. Well, basically, um, Luca is obviously the best sophomore, and he's having the best, like, ups, uh, like he's most improved sophomore from last season. But yeah. I wanted to go with more of, like, a low-key sophomore. Um, mm. For me, I chose Duncan Robinson just because nobody even really knew who Duncan Robinson was last year. Exactly, yeah. And he's been a huge part to that Heat team, and he's he fits amazingly with them. He's hopefully I'm assume, I'm hoping he's going to be one of the best three point shooters in the league in the future. Because like, for, to be honest, he's he already is up there. He's already elite. He's already an elite, but, just pure shooter. Exactly. Eight three points a game attempts per game. He averages more three pointers attempted than like any other shot. Like yeah. he's literally just a pure shooter, shot point, three tendency, all the way up to a hundred and like layup and mid range is like basically zero. Like he's just a pure and, shooter. Like, like he's the he's ultimate three point specialist. Like, like that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, oh, I have a good question for you. Would you rather have a three point specialist or an all around guy? on your team as, like, a role player? As a role player? Like, a guy... Yeah, would you rather have, like, a specialist of one thing that they're, like, elite at, or would you rather have a guy that's good at everything? Is this, like... But... It's, like, my main... Um... This isn't your main player. This is just, like, a role player. No. Just like, if you had a core. Yeah, this is your main role player. If it's my main, I'd probably rather have them all around. Yeah, but I same. definitely think you need like specialist type players. You need specialists on the champ. You also need glue guys on championship team, which we will get into exactly. right now. Segway. Oh, transition. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm getting used to the podcasting. Okay, so glue guy of the year. So this is basically just like role player of the year, kind of like six man, but with like a starter player that is on a good team, and they're just the glue that holds that team together, whether that be defensively or just have an all-around game as a leader just a really efficient role player um i have will barden for this award honestly i think that he's one of the most underrated players in the game easily easily one of the most underrated players this season you know averaging you know almost four assists 15 points per game shooting efficiently really just doing it all defensively he's good and you know he's just very very solid and he's been very good for that team not much else to say I mean, yeah. What about um, you? Who's your player that you have? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly. 
yeah, just his right. energy he gives on the court. I like going loose balls and stuff like and things like that. It's the little what, stuff, yeah, and all the little stuff is what really gets the rest of your team going. Even if it's like on offense, it's his motor is insane. And his, exactly, his motor is insane and does whatever um, it takes to win. He's like uh, he's a pretty enjoyable player to watch. Yeah, um, very fun to watch. Another player I was thinking was Kyle Lowry, who just came to mind when I was thinking of this. But ooh, he's a little bit Pat- more high profile. Yeah, that's, then. that's why I went with Patrick Beverly over him because that's a really good uh, pick. Yeah, more of a a store. Marcus Smart is also a player that would be a candidate for this position. Yeah, similar to Beverly. Mm-hmm. So shall we move on to the next award? The this is the King of the Fourth Quarter Award, also known as the Clutch Award. So basically just the player who is best in the clutch this season, the most clutch player of the year. And for mine, it's Chris Paul. If you look at his stats, Ooh. he has the most – like the Thunder have been the best team in the clutch this season, which has been a big part of why they're winning so many games. You know, he has the most wins in the clutch. He has the best record in the clutch this season. He's very efficient in the clutch. And just his – his leadership and just his patience and poise, and he he seems to always make the right play. Like he's one of the smartest basketball players in the NBA, so he always Ever. just makes the right play in the clutch, and he just knows the game so well, and he he just helps his team win in the clutch, and they've been really good at that. So that's all I gotta say for Chris Paul. Uh, who do you have for this award? Do you... um, Chris Paul is actually a really good one, but um. I feel like the easy answer is to just go with LeBron. Yeah. And uh, I think that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's always going to be... He's always going to be efficient in the fourth, and it's just what he does. And he's gotten I mean, to not free throws, there. though. <laughs> <laughs> free throws, yeah. We're not, not going to talk about free throws. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's just LeBron has always been good in the clutch, and it's getting like to a point where he's not too affected by it. If you understand, like obviously yeah, yeah. free throw, but he's just getting to a point where it's just regular for him because like people are like, "This is a big game," and LeBron's like, "I've been to so many games in the playoffs, I don't really care." And it's like that's how he that's how he is in the clutch, so he keeps his composure so well. Yeah. Um, another player that I was actually doing research for that I found out was, I didn't know this, but Bojan Bogdanovich from the Utah Jazz. He has one. That actually. He is one of the most winningest players in the clutch. He's hit two game winners this year, which yeah. one against the Bucks, and then that one crazy shot was it against the Rockets. That one like, yeah, half court, like turnaround yeah. shot contested, and they hit one against the Bucks. And that's just one interesting one that I found like. Yeah, like he's just been very good in the clutch, which has also helped the Utah Jazz be as good as they are this season. Yeah, he's been very good for them, and I knew he was going to be a good pickup for them. Yeah, he's been better than was, Mike Conley this I was, season. Which... I was really excited to pick <laughs> Um, Speaking of Mike Conley, should we move on to our next award of least valuable player? <laughs> yes. Um, Least valuable player. Basically, the way I you can interpret how you want, how I interpreted it is basically like the opposite of MVP. So like a star player whose team was actually better without him. But I mean, you you say how you interpreted it and who you chose. Well, I chose Mike Conley because 
he went he came to the Jazz and I thought he was gonna be like that thing that pushes him over the edge in the playoffs and and I mean he still could be like I still have hope for him and his veteranship in the playoffs I think will be good for them and good for Donovan Mitchell but mm-hmm. during the regular season he it is not he has not been it for them and it's just like when he was there and when he wasn't there it didn't really affect too much for them because it's not like he was putting up insane scoring numbers. And I don't even think his assist numbers were that good. No, they weren't. Um, and I'm not also, saying it's all like, about stats, but mm-hmm. I remember watching a Jazz game and it's like, I just didn't really see him like try to do much. It's and very it's different like, from what he was doing in Memphis. In Memphis, yeah. And it's just like, and I think it, it'll just take, a little more time for him to figure out how to be that. He's been injured too. Second and third, going guy. to a completely new system. Been injured, you know. But next year we'll have to see if this is just like him trying to adjust in a new system and, and you know fighting an still... injury, or if it's no. him declining. So next year is really going to be exactly. Like he could be the comeback player of the year next year, which would be exactly. which I'm hoping for because I like Mike Conley. But I, I've um, always liked Mike Conley. No, I have too. But Never been an all-star, though, which is season. surprising. 40% um, from the field this season is a little rough. Yeah, his percentages have not been good. But uh, I got the floor now for least valuable player. I feel disrespectful because I'm literally wearing his jersey right now that I just bought today. <laughs> but my favorite player in the league, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Kyrie Irving. You've been the least valuable player in the league. Um, his team has been better without him on the court. And, you know, you just see a completely different side. Like, it's just so disconnected from him and the rest of the team. It's literally just two completely different teams than when Kyrie is on and when he's off. And the reason is Kyrie just we've, – we've known this for a while now, but Kyrie is just not the main guy on the team, which is why when Durant's back, it's going to be better for yeah, him. Yeah, I think when Durant comes like, back, it'll be much better for them. Him as your main guy doesn't lead to success, which we've seen, and that's why he's the least valuable player, in my opinion. Because he's been a star player that his team has been better without him, which, you know, is Well, very and the rare. team just, like, they're not the same with him. Like, Kyrie wants to go more, like, ISO and get his scoring buckets. And I think that'll be fine exactly. if he has KD with him. It just but, doesn't match the rest of the team and what they try and do. It just doesn't – it's not a good fit with the rest of the role players. They need more just, like, shooters on the team as well. Like, Joe Harris, I feel like, is a good fit with Kyrie exactly. Durant. Like, they have Levert and Dinwiddie, who are both creators. And that's just why Dinwiddie also wasn't playing good with Kyrie, because they just didn't fit together that well. Exactly. Because Kyrie's game is just, yeah. Um, shall we move on to Offensive Player of the Year? It's basically just the opposite of Defensive Player of the Year, but with offensive side of the ball. Uh, I'll do this one quickly. Uh, I picked Luka Doncic for Offensive Player of the Year. Um, choice, I mean, choice. Obviously, I mean, it, he's top 10 in points and assists which is there's only, like, four players in the league who are doing that. And, like, yeah, like, that's very impressive, especially when he's only 20 years old, taking that into consideration. But just, like, he's also – the main thing for me was he – the Mavericks have the best offensive rating in NBA history. Like, this version of the Mavericks is the best offensive rating team in NBA history, and he's the leader of that. He's literally leading a historic offense, top 10 points and assists, leading a historic offense at the age of 20 which, I mean, I think that he's been one of the best offensive players this season. Oh, yeah, easily. So um, player now. I went with Dame just because there was that one stretch. Obviously, Dame was good 
offensively the whole season, but mm-hmm. there was that one stretch where he seemed like basically unstoppable. Like you just couldn't guard him. And it was like, you would put up 40 points no matter what you did and tried to guard him with. Um, it was just, that stretch in like February, I think it was January or February where he was just falling yeah. out. And it was just like, it's entertaining to see. And, it, and it's basically what kept the Blazers afloat. That's what I was going to say, yeah. Without that, like, they could have easily just dropped to a bottom team with all their injuries. And Dame, Dame stepped up for everyone pretty much. Yeah, 29-8 and eight on the season. Uh, they made the conference finals last year and then just battling injuries, and he really kept that team afloat. That's why they're in the bubble right now. Like, if Dame was missing time this they season, <laughs> like, they wouldn't there. be there. Like, CJ missed time. But if it would have been Lillard missing time and CJ would have been there, then this wouldn't have been the same team. And, yeah, he was literally just carrying that team. They were winning with them, too, if I'm not mistaken, when he was averaging, like, those crazy numbers, Yes, they were. They were winning games with them, which is impressive on its own. And we'll see in the bubble how they do. I'm actually very curious to see how they do. And Lillard's going to be extra motivated, and maybe he can come back. Full health when they're in the bubble? They are going to be full health, yeah. Nurk is just going to be back. That'll, That'll be interesting to see. That'll I'm be very great. excited to see that. I'm I'm just excited to see basketball, man. I don't care who it is. Yeah. Um, Nets. Well, I mean, okay. it's still <laughs> basketball. They'll be playing a team, so I'll pay attention to the other team. Yeah, it depends who they're playing. Um. Now we'll move on to the last award. Uh, disappointing rookie of the year. Basically, instead of the best rookie of the year, basically just the disappointing rookie of the year. So someone who was drafted high and just was disappointing. Uh, I'll go first. My player was Darius Garland. Um. What? You had him too? I was no, I was um I was thinking about going with him, but Garland, I forget what the stat was, but I seen a stat that was like he had statistically one of the worst seasons in the whole NBA this year. Uh plus minus was really bad. He just wasn't he was he's just very raw. And I mean it makes sense from he went straight from college. He only played like four games in college, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And then going right to the NBA, especially on the Cavs, is just such a big jump. And I, I feel like he's in the mold of, like, those elite point guards. But I don't know if he can reach that ceiling. He just needs to really improve his Honestly, game. Honestly, a lot of – yeah. Like, he's got decent playmaking numbers. Like, he'll have to get that up for the future. But uh, honestly – those turnovers, but yeah. He, yeah, that too. But his big thing for me is his percentages. His finishing is also – not good like the eye test like when you're watching him like, yeah, finish. yeah and also just lots of like shot creation just shots aren't falling but once those shots start falling then he could be better but i mean what pick was he was he the fifth overall pick like i'm hoping he could turn into something but the fit with sexton and garland is just such a weird fit that i don't know how that's going to work moving forward but i still have faith in garland i think i'm higher on him than most people are uh he just had a really rough season and hopefully he could bounce back so apparently we took another break. So um, welcome back, Riley. How are you doing? <laughs> Great. I think my app crashed. Yeah, working all the kinks out. We'll we'll get that later. Maybe next podcast we can introduce some breaks so that we can you know split it up better. Yeah. But yeah, I was basically sure. done talking about Garland. Um, you can yeah, talk about your disappointing rookie of the year. And that, this is the last award anyway. So then we can wrap it up. Um, but honestly, I was I would probably go with Garland too. My other option would be RJ, but. My thing with RJ is it's like, it's the Knicks. Like, 
I don't know how he was much, in a like, very rough situation early on. Exactly. Basically, an impossible situation for a rookie to thrive in. So yeah, and I, mean, I don't. He know is how, a third overall pick, but, but like yeah, and I don't. But I don't know how much I can put on that. Put on RJ for that because he's with Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson, who can't play with Julius Randle because they're you know awful together, and it's yeah. just hard to get momentum when you have because like. Julius Randle has been very odd this season. Yeah, um, it's not a good fit. I feel like it's more so, like, he still put up 19, 19.5 points, but, like, I feel like it's just, like, more so stat padding, which makes it harder for your other players to get going. Uh, I think yeah. if RJ was leading them more so by himself, he could he could do very well for them. But, it'll, yeah, it'll just be, I think it'll just take time for RJ to get going he has the potential just that it was a bad situation this year um another player Jarrett culver shot 46 percent from free throw not the field from the free throw line 46 percent which is just awful um offensively just looked very raw um shot under 30 percent from three like i feel like he can be a decent player, just like just an all around. He just needs to work on his all around game. Like he just looks very yeah. raw right now. Like he has the tools. Well, just that. And he, like his efficient field goal was forty six point two, which was also his free throw. That is awful. That is very bad. Yeah. That is <laughs> awful. And just playmaking wise too, just didn't do anything there. Um. Yeah, just in no area of his game did he really show bright spots. But, you know, maybe next year he could step up for them. I'm not sure. But uh, we'll have to see about that. So those were our awards. Um, Yeah, so that was the podcast, our first podcast on Hooper's Lab. Uh, If you guys want to watch more, then stay tuned. We're going to be uploading more of these, more podcasts, more discussions. And uh, if you like it, share it around, tell your friends. And as always, have a good day, and we'll see you in the next one. Peace.